Good morning. When I was a lot younger, my father offered each of his children, there were six of us, sixpence for every chapter of the Bible that we learnt off by heart. That's a sixpence. Even the Queen was a lot younger in those days. If you can work out how much sixpence is in today's money, uh, then I'll give you that sixpence when I see you next time. Sixpence for every chapter that I learned. I started immediately with Psalm 117. You can look that up yourself to find out why I started there. I did not learn Psalm 119 off by heart. And you will know why. We all know Psalm 119. We know it well. We know it's the longest chapter in the Bible. 176 verses. We know it well. We know verses from it. 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Maybe there's one or two other. Let me think. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you? Verse 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Verse 9. And there's one there that I will still remember from when I was young again, going along to the CSSM in Ballyholm in Bangor. And in the mornings they had Bible studies. And always those little Bible studies... As young boys, we would gather together and we start off with a prayer and we use Psalm 119 verse 18 as a prayer as we came to God's word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your word. I think maybe that's still even on the Scripture Union notes uh, that I used to use. And then there's well, maybe there's not much more that we know about Psalm 119. I hope today we will get an interest in this chapter, that we will get to know it just a little bit better. Because it's a very exciting chapter for mathematicians. You see, those 176 verses divide very nicely into 22 sections with eight short verses in every section. Every section is exactly the same. 8 times 22 is 176. And for the linguists, it's also exciting because I'm told, I don't know Hebrew, but I'm told that each section is titled with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet and each verse in that section starts with that letter. When we look at the very first section, we see that the title is Aleph. I presume that's an A. And the second one is Beth. I presume that's a B, well, in our language anyway, and goes through the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And there's one more thing that I find very helpful. Even though there's 176 verses divided into 22 sections, there's only one subject of this whole chapter. And that subject is what God says. Oh, there's a lot of different words that are used. 
And sometimes in different versions, the words change as well. Words like, in, in each of these verses, words like God's laws, his testimonies, his commands, his promises, his way, his word, his statutes, his decrees. Different words are used. And you know, in every one of those 176 verses, except for maybe four or five, one of those words are used in those verses. And I'm going to ask excuse from the theologians, even though there are small differences in those words, for me, they all talk of one thing, what God says, God's word. Whether it's his commands, his laws, his promises, his word, his, his way, his statutes, they all come from God's mouth. It's God's word. It's what God says. It's not what the psalmist, as he writes this, thinks. Or how he feels. It's about God's word. We don't know who the psalmist is. I suspect it may have been David. Because I can see a link even with Psalm 19 that we read earlier. As he talks about God's word. God's word was important to David. But the psalmist, whoever he is, we find that he gets very excited in this chapter about God's word. You can see that very quickly and right through the whole chapter. Let's look at some of those things. Let's go back to the beginning, verse 7. And there the psalmist says, I will praise you with an upright heart. As I learn your righteous laws. I will praise you. Verse 14 he says. I rejoice like in great riches. In following your statutes. I delight in your decrees. In verse 16. Verse 20 he says. My soul is consumed with longing at all times. For your laws. My delight is in your statutes. Verse 40, how I long for your precepts. And we go on and on through. Let me read you a few more. I delight in and love your commands. The theme of my song are your decrees. More precious than silver and gold is a law from your mouth. Oh, how I love your law. Sweeter than honey to my mouth are your words. My heritage forever, the joy of my heart, are your statutes. I love your statutes. More than pure gold, I love your commands. Wonderful are your statutes. Your servant loves your promises. See how I love your precepts. I rejoice like one who finds great spoil in your promise. I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. I love greatly your statutes. And from 174 right near the end, he's been going at it right through. He says, my delight is your law. Wow, this psalmist really did get excited about God's word. Could I be as excited as that about God's word? I'm probably thinking, I don't know that I am truly as excited as that, but could I be as excited as that about God's word? Well, I'm going to suggest to you this morning 
three things that I find in this psalm that would help me to get excited about God's word, about what God says. Three things. Firstly, to realise how important God's word is. Second, to realise what's in it for me. And thirdly, to realise what God wants me to do with his word. And if I can realise those three things, I think I will start to get as excited as a psalmist about God's word. Firstly, to realise how important God's word is. Verse 160, the psalmist brings out two reasons why God's word is so important. He says, all your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. Do you notice the two things? Your words are true. Your words are eternal. He says the same thing in verse 144. Your statutes are forever right. If I could realise how important God's word is, and by realising that I will realise that it is the truth. That's what the psalmist says. Your words are truth. Now, that's actually a little bit difficult for some of us in the society in which we live in, in the Western society today, not the societies all around the world, but in the society that we're in today, that's not totally PC to talk about the truth. We talk about truths. And we should accept truths. And even within God's people in the church, we're very quick to accept truths. When I was young, and not to my credit, uh, we would have argued many times with, with other brothers and sisters from different denominations over the truth of God's word, what, how that truth came through on different aspects. And we differed on it. And we would have argued about it. But one of the things that, I, when I look back, I see, we wanted to know the truth. Now, if I thought something was true, I would tell them, this is the truth from God's word, and therefore you've got it wrong. Not always the best attitude. But we did recognize that there was a truth. God had a truth. Is it maybe changed a little bit today? That we understand and accept that people see different things from God's word, interpret it in different ways, and, well... We can have different truths. That's okay. Or is God's word still truth? Jesus himself said as he talked to his father, your word is truth. I would go as far as to say that it's the only truth that we have today is God's word. And the second thing that he says that, that shows how important he saw God's word was is God's word is eternal. It's forever. Peter talked of that too, didn't he? When Peter talked about our new birth in 1 Peter 1, 
23, he says, you have been born again through the living and enduring word of God. All men are like grass, the grass withers, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And it's one of the incredible things about God's word is it doesn't change. From one and a half thousand years before Christ, 2,000 more years since Christ was walked in this earth. Three and a half thousand years and his word has not changed one single bit. And that's why the psalmist was able to get excited about this word because not only was it true, but it was true forever. Yesterday, today, forever. God's word is true. I need to realise that. Or else I'm not going to get excited about it. Secondly, maybe I can get excited about it if I realise what's in it for me. Now, I know I shouldn't be asking that. That's a very selfish thing, especially to God. I shouldn't be saying, what's in it for me, God? But really, and honestly, that matters to me. What's in it for me? God's word. Is there benefit for me? Oh, we know there's benefit. But what does the psalmist tell us? Let's look at just some of it. And again, we'll go back to the beginning. Verse 2. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. God's word can bless me, the psalmist says. Verse 6. Verse 5 says, Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees, then I would not be put to shame. It can save me from shame. Verse 8, I will obey your decrees, do not utterly forsake me. Now, we know God doesn't forsake us. We know that. But we're not always aware of his presence. Sometimes our minds and are so we're thinking in so many different things and we forget that God has not forsaken us. He's there with us. The psalmist would tell us as we obey his decrees, then God will not utterly, we will be aware of his presence. He will not forsake us. Look at verse 9. How can a young man keep his, pure, his way pure? By living according to your word. God's word keeps me pure. It goes on in verse 11. It keeps me from sin when I hide his word in my heart. You remember Jesus when Satan was tempting him in the desert? And how each time Satan tempted him to sin, Jesus' answer was, it is written, it is written, it is written. What he was saying was, God says, God says, God, he knew what God says. Now, he would, wouldn't he? He's God himself. God's word keeps me from sin. Verse 14, the psalmist says, I rejoice in following your statutes. There's a joy in God's word. Verse 24, your statutes are my delight. They are my counsellors. They counsel me. 
They give me advice and counsel. They tell me about things. I think of um, salvation, my own salvation. Where do I find out about my salvation? How I can have my sins forgiven? Paul writing to his friend Timothy says, The Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. His word counsels me. Teaches me in verse 27. Let me understand the teaching of your precepts. His word teaches me. Verse 28. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. His word gives me strength in sorrow. Verse 29. Keep me from deceitful ways through your law. Keeps me from being deceitful. Look at verse 32. I run in the path of your commands. For you have set my heart free. Jesus says. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. He set, his word sets our heart free. There's a freedom in his word. Let me read that one again to you. I run in the path of your commands. For you have set my heart free. Let me just go over some of those. God's word blesses me. It keeps me from, saves me from shame. It gives me that awareness of God's presence with me. It keeps me pure. It keeps me from sin. It brings me joy. It counsels me. It teaches me. It gives me strength in sorrow. It keeps me from being deceitful. It sets my heart free. And that's only the first Four sections of Psalm 119. There's 18 more sections of what's in it for me. I'll leave that to you to find out what else is in it for you. When I start to realize what's in it for me, then I start to get excited about it. Third realization that will help me to get excited about God's word is to realize what God wants me to do with his word. God, what is it that you want from me? Let's go back to the beginning again. Verse 1. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. He says, I want you to walk according to my word. Verse 2. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all your heart. I want you to keep my word and seek me with all your heart, with everything of your being. Verse 4 talks about God saying, I want you to obey it. Actually, verse 5 talks about obedience. And verse 8, three times in that first section, it talks about obeying his law, his word. In verse 8, it says, to, I, will obey your de- I will obey your decrees. In verse 4 it says they are to be fully obeyed. That means all of them, not just some of them. And verse 5 says, Oh that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Keeping at obeying them, not just for a while, but keeping at it, being steadfast in it. Obedience to his word seems to be important to God. We will know, and we have looked at this before many times, how Jesus linked Obedience with his word to our love for him. 
And that's difficult for us because we do want to love him and we want to tell him that we love him. We want to sing that we love him. And yet he tells us, if you obey my commands, then you love me, the one who obeys me. If you love me, obey my commands. Obedience to God's word brings that love for our Savior. We can go on in verse 9. Live according to your word. There it is again, just like we had in verse 1, walking according to your word. No, we do. Living according to your word now. Verse 10. Don't stray from it. Don't go off a little bit. Just for a while. Just a little. Don't stray from my word, God would tell us. Hide it in your heart, in verse 11. In the very center of your being. Have my word there. Filling your life and filling your thoughts so that you can use it and it can help you. Verse 12. Psalmist here is asking God to teach me. Ask God says, ask me to teach you my word. Verse 13 says, recount it with my lips. That means speak it. With my lips. Speak it to others. God's word. Tell them what God says. About salvation. About all sorts of things. Tell them what God says. Not just what you think or you feel or you believe. Tell them God's word. And tell yourself. And sometimes speaking out loud helps that. Recount my word, God says, with your lips. Verse 14 says, follow it. Let God's word lead you. Verse 15, meditate on it. I meditate on your precept. That means taking time with it. Thinking and listening to God through it. What are you saying, God? And letting it sink in. And verse 16, I will not neglect your word. Don't neglect my word, God would say. It's difficult to find the time. And yet we stop and we think. Time spent watching the television, whether it be a film or sports or documentaries or the news on social media. Time spent and maybe neglecting God's word. Don't neglect my word. See what God is saying? He wants us to get excited about his word and so he asks us to walk according to it, to live it, to keep it, to obey it. Don't stray from it. Hide it in your heart. Ask me to teach you it. Recount it with your lips. Follow it. Meditate on it. Don't neglect it. And that's only the first two sections. There's 20 more sections to go. And again, I leave that to you. If I can grasp if I can realize how important God's word is. If I could realize what's in it for me. And the wonderful things that are in it for me. If I can realize what God is asking of me. If I can realize these things. Then I can start to get excited about it. Just as a finish, Psalm 119. One more thing that I notice about this psalm. It's a prayer. The whole way through it's a prayer. 
the psalmist talking to God. He's not talking to us. And he's talking about God's word. How important it is to him. How excited he is about it. Psalm 119 is not God's word. It's about God's word. (laughs) You're going to jump on me, aren't you? Of course it is God's word. Because it's here in his word. God inspired the psalmist to write this prayer. So it is God's word. But what I want to get across is it's about God's word. It's not that we spend necessarily all our time in Psalm 119 studying it and getting to understand it all. That's not what the psalmist is doing. He's trying to encourage us to get into God's word as a whole. So what importance does Psalm 119 have for us? Can I make a suggestion? And I go back to those scripture union notes that encouraged me as a young boy to pray before I came to God's word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Using Psalm 119 as a prayer. Taking maybe just two verses before we come to read or to study God's word, wherever it is you're reading or studying, but before you do that, talk to God and use a couple of verses from Psalm 119. Start with the first two. And after you have spent time in God's word, studying it, reading it, whatever you're doing with it, then come to God again and talk to him again and take another two verses to ask for his help, to let that sink in. But you can live it. Four verses each time you come to God, to his word, to study his word or to read his word. If you did that every day, you'd have 44 days worth of different prayers. Imagine praying different prayers for 44 days. And it would help us in getting to know God's word. Let me just give you an example just as I finish here. Just after that wonderful verse that we read, verse 32, I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. Look at the next four verses. Wouldn't these do as prayers before and after we come to God's word? Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Verse 35, direct me in the path of your commands for there I find delight. Verse 36, turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Those wonderful prayers to the Lord Can they be of help to us? I pray that Psalm 119 for each one of us, for myself and you, will become a psalm that will excite us about God's word. So when we come to read, to study, to listen to God through his word, we come with excited hearts for what he's going to do and what he's going to say. May God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we want to just take this time to thank you for your word. 
Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the enduringness of your word. And that that truth never changes. We praise you. Father, I pray that each of us will be helped by your word to walk in a way that pleases you and to receive all the blessings that you have for us. I ask this in the name of your Son who gave himself for us. Amen. Thank you very much.